Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own bro basket or choose from a variety of different bro baskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, bro baskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-assed sports fans giving their half-assed opinions. And now, here are your hosts. All right. Show number 37. My name is Chris. I'm Rich. I'm the Iceman. All right, 37. Who we got, guys? Like we were discussing. Ron Artest. Casey Stengel. It's only Sean Alexander. The number of dicks sucked by uh, Dante's girlfriend. Ricardo Allen. Try not to suck any dick on the way through the parking lot. <laughs> Something like 36. Including me? 37. Seven. In a row? <laughs> That's, I love that line. My girlfriend sucked 37 dicks. The guy just leaves. Isn't that, to me, in my brain, maybe it's just because we're Generation X. Whenever you say the number 37, that is immediately the first thing that jumps into my head, is that whole scene from Clerks. Oh, definitely. For sure. Without a doubt. So, this week, let's see, we're coming out of the NBA All-Star Game. Did either of you gentlemen partake? Uh, No, but the biggest sports story so far of the week came out of that weekend. Yeah. Jamarcus Cousins, or Russell, whatever the fuck his name is. I don't know. I just know he got traded. It's Cousins. (laughs) <laughs> it's Boogie Cousins. Booger. No, Boogie. He's not Booger McFarlane, bro. I call him Booger. <laughs> just want to wipe him off. Nerds! But well, what's, right, well, what is the some, deal with someone, that? Does someone, beside, yeah, does someone besides the casual fan want to try to fucking explain this? Because from what I've been hearing, this is the worst trade in the history of trades. I mean, what is it? I mean, to get like a pack of gum for him? Or... No, actually, they they got... 
three people and two draft picks. I don't know. I, I would say Sacramento didn't do too bad, but Doesn't I mean, the, the people they got for him was terrible. Isn't the big deal about this about how we found out? Like, didn't he not find out a traditional way, or am I wrong on that? Uh, like, did somebody like I think like some? I heard he found out like publicly or something like that. It wasn't like his agent. I heard it was one of those kind of deals. I could be wrong. I didn't. I, I don't know, Earl. I don't know how he found out, but he did that public thing at the restaurant or wherever he was, where he was telling Sacramento how much love he has for him, and even though he's leaving, he still loves the kids around the neighborhood, and the love will never leave for Sacramento. Yeah, they think he found out he was traded in at the in his at, uh, in a press conference. It says, "Yeah, Demarcus Cousins finds out he got traded during interview." Ooh, that could be fun audio, but you guys well, can't hear it. So. <laughs> the uh, at first glance, you know, you you talk about the trade and if it was good or bad, but uh, and and there's a lot of people that say and Vladdy Divac needs to be fired for it, but I mean, on the other end, you know, people are saying it's a change of the guard. He's cleaning up. He's it's a uh, cult of personality change, and the only person that left was Cousins, so basically saying that. You know, Cousins was just like a bad seed in the organization. Wasn't this the gentleman threatening to fight a reporter a few months ago when we talked about it? The same. Well, I mean, can you really be surprised if you're him? I mean, it's just a rhetorical question. Well, I'm hearing a lot of comparisons between him and uh, Rasheed Wallace before Sheed came to the Pistons. Um, as far as his attitude and the way he was with teammates... Apparently, horrible teammate. Uh, shits all over his, his own teammates. Doesn't have any respect for him. Doesn't show any respect for him. Uh, uh, at least that's 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 the way ESPN Radio was talking about it that's, yesterday. That's what do the kids say? Uh, bye, Felicia. Is that what they're saying now? Um, and someone drew a. I think it was on Mike and Mike this morning. A, they parallel between even further between him and Rashid by saying. It wasn't really until Sheed was about 30 and he went to the Pistons, which it was a team that already had veteran players and an established veteran presence, that he became the Sheed that everyone liked. basically remembers and liked. Yeah, And they're kind of hoping that this is what will happen with DeMarcus Cousins if, you know, now that he's been traded out of Sacramento. But then again... Didn't uh, uh, Divac come out and say that he had a better trade for him on the table and he blew it? Yeah, he, he, there was a better trade offered that he didn't take. Kind of, hmm, how did that go down? Yeah, I, yeah, and why would you ever come out and say that as a general manager? I mean, it seems Maybe like... there's an axe to grind with him and Cousins. I, I think there was a leak about that trade that didn't go through and Divac had to answer for it. Which is another reason people are saying he should be let go, because he should have taken the better deal. Well, yeah, it sounds like he's kind of in over his head. I mean, how do, you take a, how do you take a worse trade and then go freely admit that to the, to the press? I mean, it, you're a general manager. Ultimately, you only, you had, the only thing you have to talk about is the moves you did do. There's been plenty of general managers when someone's been on the trading block and a trade's been made, when they've asked, well, what other trade offers were you, you know, were you given? And they'll, some of them are rude about it, and they'll go, "I'm only going to talk about the trade that was made." And other people will go, "Well, a lot of offers are made, but this is the one that actually 
people were motivated to actually go through with. Anybody can make an offer. I think it's just fucked up that the main goal was to get him out of Sacramento. I mean, that just kind of hurts, you know what I mean? Man's played his entire career there. You just bounce him out of the first ticket out. Well, people tend to forget, man, sports is a business. And the minute you are seen as a, as a liability, they will cut bait with you and move. Earl, I told you something last week in the group that I can apply here. People's memories get real selective when it comes to winning championships or not winning championships. You win championships, people forget about a lot of shit. You don't win championships, people start remembering a lot of dumb shit you didn't think they would. Oh, no, I, I definitely hear you there. Uh, but it, it's also worth mentioning that Cousins has 47 technical fouls since 2013. Uh, that, that sounds like a Cousins problem. <laughs> Quite honestly, sounds like someone well, uh, <coughs> needs to learn self-control. I'm just saying, the move, definitely, you can tell why. New Orleans must be fucked to take on a guy like this. Well, now they have, what, uh, two bonafide all-stars, you know, and yep. I, I mean, from I guess from their point of view, it's better to take a shot with it. I mean, once again, going back to what I mentioned earlier, and I mean, I, I'm not, I can't say I'm bringing this up. That it's an original thought. I heard, like I said, them talking about it on ESPN radio. Maybe they're hoping for a, a Rasheed Wallace type outcome. I mean, I, how many people? How many people when 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 she got traded to the Pistons were like, "Oh yeah, that'll last." This, you know, I heard a lot. I remember a lot of people going, "Oh, this is not a good fucking trade here." What are they doing? Why are they bringing them here? I remember that. Yeah. Well, ultimately, who got the last laugh on that one? Oh, we so did. Yeah. No, I remember us I remember us feeling like we were taking out the Trailblazers garbage, at least personally, but worked out for us. Well, and that I mean could be the same thing because Pelicans aren't that far out of the playoffs and they got Anthony Davis chilling. So I mean, yeah, I think it's a good move for the Pelicans. Terrible move for Sacramento. By the way, real quick, just as an aside, and I remember when they changed their name, Pelicans. Worst name for a yeah. franchise in the history of sports, I think, ever. Yep, just when I thought Buccaneers couldn't get gayer, here come the Pelicans. <laughs> you got to shit on my Bucks, really? Dude, really? I did it. It's nothing to do with you're a fan of them and everything to do. I've always thought, like, who the fuck? To me, that's all, them and the Oilers. Like, those are the two teams. I'm like, man, like, really? We couldn't come up with anything better? <laughs> oh, we could sit and talk for days about bad expansion names. Yeah, or just bad names and like the A's, the Athletics, really, in Oakland. We couldn't come up with anything better. Yeah, but you're also talking about a team that was named over a hundred years ago. I mean, the Minnesota North Stars, really? <laughs> okay, they're at least North. How about this? I mean, we we really can't spend too much time on this, but let's just let's just talk about names that don't make sense. Utah Jazz. Ain't no jazz yeah. in Utah. Didn't they that's start true. in New Orleans? Isn't that that's why they're the, called yes. the jazz? Yeah, that's the white people capital of the world is 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 Utah pretty much. And then L.A. Lakers. Ain't no lakes in L.A. They started in Minnesota, right? Big fuck all ocean. Exactly. These are teams that held on to the, the names that maybe shouldn't have. And yet the Penguins. Yeah, not, not Penguins. Pelicans. It just what? Yeah. Hey, it worked out for the Pistons. They started in Fort Wayne, ended up in Detroit. It at least worked out with their move. 
In fact, I, I think you could probably say it makes more sense to have a team named after a part of an automobile in Detroit than it does in Fort Wayne. But anyway, so yeah, uh, apparently Stephen A. Smith thinks this is the, the, the worst trade in the history of the NBA, possibly sports, period. Um, How does Stephen A. Smith get away with having all these opinions and keeping his job? Is it because he's black? That, is, is, is it like is ESPN because he's afraid black. to fire him because he's black and he'll make noise? Soon as that man gets off the fact of race and just accepts that there are going to be some racist people in this world, both black and white, no, I know, but Stephen I will Smith listen to that man. He's had several opinions that people have, who have gotten fired in the last two or three years have had, but he keeps his job. Well, like, why? Do- yeah, but uh, I, okay, I I understand the the base of your rant. How is this a how is this a, an opinion that's 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 so controversial? It should cost him his job. No, I mean, I just think it's it's a it's more of a general question, really. It's not really this incident. I guess it's something okay. I thought you were no. I thought you were correlating the two. Yeah. No, it's like, more like when Stephen A. was saying that John Lynch doesn't deserve the job, and he only got it because he's white. It's like, how do you say that and have a job tomorrow? Most people there won't, but this is. Uh, See, now, we're, now we can start splintering no, into a different no. conversation. No, because, okay, look, look, let's just be honest here. ESPN's owned by ABC, which is owned by Disney, okay? ESPN has made no bones about it. They're pushing an agenda from their corporate masters on down, okay? And that's all there is to it. If a white guy would got up there and said, the only reason John Lynch got the job is because he's white, he would not be in danger of losing his job at ESPN. There. Because that's towing the company line. That's, no, that's, but, but that's if talking white, the agenda point. But ESPN's, if a white man got up, hang on a second, if a white man got up and said that uh, Magic Johnson got the job at the Lakers because he's black, he's fired that day. Because, oh. well, first of all, that's Magic Johnson got the job because he's Magic Johnson. Yeah. And he's a hey, Laker legend. Magic Johnson. Okay, that's the only reason I would consider... Uh, and that's not even cons- that's not uh, that's not even controversial. That's just who can look at that situation and think anything but that. I don't see other teams bending over to bring in Magic Johnson because they they think he's going to be that wonderful of an executive. I mean, that's just all there is to it. He's got the school it's of broadcasting a, too. Keeps him busy. It's not a it's not a Steve Eiserman situation where if Eiserman left Tampa Bay, it, Detroit would be one of many teams in line to get him as their GM. You know, it's. Because he's Magic fucking Johnson. That's why he's got the job at the Lakers. You know? It's not, it's not John. If John Elway left the Broncos for whatever reason, which I really can't see happening ever, unless there's some huge falling out behind the scenes, you don't think there'd be plenty of other teams going, uh, do you want to come run our football team? Shit. You telling me Detroit Lions fans wouldn't take him? Dude, we take him I right mean, now working we... part-time. Hey, you can work for two teams. You can run the Lions part-time. <laughs> but I mean, still, Rich, that's, it's still... That, but it, it, my it, point is, my point is, you're saying if he said because Magic Johnson is black, he would be in trouble. My point is, that, okay, now if you want to talk about that, let's preface that conversation with now we're in La La Fantasy Land because there's no way if he wasn't Magic Johnson he'd have that job. Black white doesn't matter. I mean, it's just all there is to it. It's because he's Magic Johnson, and because the Lakers are such a fucking dumpster fire lately. What the fuck have they? What the fuck have they had since fucking Kobe retired? What headlines have they had? Oh, uh, they had that uh, incident uh, this year with the, or maybe it was last year with the gentleman. It was uh, last year. <laughs> recording the things in the locker room is 
ratting on its boy cheating. Yeah. There was that. That's it. And nothing to do with basketball. Yeah, that's absolutely it. Besides that, Lakers are just an afterthought. Well, just now today, Magic was named president of basketball operation and bus is out. The bus is leaving Lake Lakerville. You know, it's it's maybe okay, maybe it's because I remember it clearly because I was here in Detroit. But I guess if you if you are intent on putting that spin on it, forget the Lakers, forget Magic Johnson. Look at when the Tigers brought in Alan Trammell and they brought back Kirk Gibson. Do we have to? But at this, but at the same time, we know what happened. Why they you retired? Bring the bullshit. They retired Willie Horton's number, number twenty-three, to where Kirk Gibson couldn't wear his old number anymore as a as a as a coach, and so he had to wear twenty-two. And there was an outrage in people going, "Well, why are you retiring Willie Horton's number instead of Kirk Gibson's number?" And it did have a racial slant to it because. People on both sides. People for, for Willie Horton's number getting retired. People for for Kurt Gibson's number being retired, or at least letting him wear the number. Brought up, you know, oh well, it's because the Tigers have, uh, as far as their retired players and their numbers, have no no black people, and that's why they did it. And then the people for Willie Horton said, "What the fuck did Kurt Gibson do besides hit a home run in '84 and a home run in '88? That's all he's known for." I mean, it, that would that that's more along the lines of what you're saying. And there was sports reporters on both sides. And, of course, once again, this was what? 14, 15 years ago? That's how much the world has changed in 14, 15 years. You know? You can't even discuss... You you cannot discuss race in sports unless it's basically to criticize someone, a.k.a. Why does John Lynch get a GM job with no experience? Oh, it's because he's white. Or it's safe discussions. You can't have real discussions anymore. And yeah, I'm, but, when it comes to that, I'm right there with you. Earl. But Stephen A. Smith went on his show and specifically said, and almost verbatim, the only reason John Lynch got that job is because he's white. Followed up by, let me see a black man with no prior office experience, front office experience get the job, and then I'll recant my, my statements. Now, Magic Johnson, I understand he's, quote, magic, and that's why he got the job, but he is a black man with no front office experience getting a GM job. Yeah, but this isn't the first time that's happened, like, in sports, for real. I mean, there's people, there's guys getting jobs they have no business getting all the time. Case in point, Alan Trammell. Okay, so are you saying that it, since he hasn't recanted, then he's a hypocrite? Yeah, he's just, he, he rambles on about race and everything else and tries right, to get his point across. Out. I am calling him out. I am calling him out for it. You know what? Where's the recant, Stephen A.? And, hey, I'm right there with you. Get a Twitter account. Go on Twitter. Put a hashtag. Where's your your recant? I'm I'm dead serious. Because this is, if he he literally said, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't pay attention to Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith is a poor man's Rob Parker, first of all. Come on. He's He's just a louder version of Rob Parker. It's really about it. But he's also a safer version of Rob Parker because Rob Parker was, was it, Rob Parker, if he had an axe to grind, wouldn't let it go. He let it get personal. And he, and it, and forget, you know, no pun intended, it colored everything that he talked about. Stephen A. Smith is willing to be the puppet that ESPN needs and to be their air quotes, controversial voice. Oh, is he Mickey Mouse in a black sea friend. of finality? Well, who the fuck, who the fuck? 
Who the fuck has any personality at that fucking network anymore? No one, because they fired them all. Where's Stuart? I mean, okay, where are their modern day Stuart Scotts? They won't where let are them come the, up. They exactly. Well, they're they're trying to do this thing with uh, the Sports Center at six. I'm not digging that at all. They want vanilla announcers. Is what they they got rid of Bill Simmons. They got rid of Colin Cowherd. They get rid of anybody who has an opinion that might get them some press that they don't want. Exactly. It's shown in their ratings. Exactly. For the record, Mike and Mike sucks. All right. Give me Dan Lebatard. <laughs> it's probably the most listenable thing on that radio station. I don't know well, how I don't know how Lebatard's still on the air, to be honest with you. Like, because he's got he's got balls big enough to come in a dump truck some of the shit he pulls working for ESPN. I don't know how he's still oh, with ESPN. Oh, uh, when I was in New York, uh Working out there, I'd listen to ESPN Radio, and uh, it was last year Carolina Denver in the Super Bowl. Uh, he talks about how he doesn't send anybody out he, uh, for Radio Row anymore. It's just it's so political and it's so bunch of bullshit, and no one ever really answers the questions you ask them, and it's such a pain in the ass they don't even bother. Yeah. Do you guys watch? Uh, he said, she said, Michael Smith and Jamil Hill. No. Sometimes I I used to watch. Um, I used to watch them. Before it was called that, when they would have their little segments, but yeah, sometimes I still can't. I'll if it's on, I'll catch it. Well, now Sports Center at six o'clock is is anchored by those two people. Sports Center at six, where they lead with women's basketball. That's the one. Like when when we first started doing this show, I used to TiVo. TiVo never had a TiVo. DVR all the sports centers, and oh, it lasted maybe a month or two because the only one that's worth the shit is the one that's on it, like late at night the rest of the day it seems like they're filling time and we have the show called sports center and we have to put it on multiple times a day because it's got name recognition and people will watch it but the daytime versions aren't that good especially the one at 6 p.m where you figure you'd be hitting up everything that happened during the day no if you realize it's a sports day the 11 o'clock one's the best one as far as if, you, if information is your goal well outside of baseball season and weekends what what fucking sports happen during a day that they can fill an hour without going over the previous day's fucking sports which at that point they've already ran sports center all morning long so they've beaten that into the ground well, you know what i say make the show you know make the show you might have to rely on your programming department a little more here make the show a half hour bitch stop making it an hour and jamming everything you can into an hour Make several half-hour versions. I don't know. I don't work at Disney. I don't. But I know a thing or two about programming. But then again, there's ad time and all that other bullshit that comes with it. Well, I mean, is it? Look, is anybody here shocked that ESPN is doing its best to push like women's basketball and diversify their 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 host and and play-by-play people i mean look from purely a money standpoint they already have the demographic they want okay they have the male demographic what is it 18 to whatever the fuck 18 to 54 well in the young males 18 to 34 and then yes regular males is 25 to 54 yeah and then after you suck you're old it's funny, I was just having this discussion with a buddy of mine. catheter commercials? It's funny, I was having this discussion with a buddy of mine last night that the only place that it's okay to still be racist, sexist, and every other type of fucking pig and horrible person is if you're in marketing because you can divide people up because by race. Demographics. And, 
Exactly. Exactly. It's not racism when you when you call it demographics. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so they're trying to they're trying to bring in more of a female audience. And on top of that, one of the major sports in this country, they ignore for the most part. Yeah, if you watch ESPN, you think there's only three major sports. I mean, they regulate hockey to basically highlight plays. Because hockey told them to fuck off, and it seems like they've been grinding that axe ever since then. Well, I mean... Hockey told them their deal sucked and left for NBC, and it seems ever ever since then, it has just been, all right, well, fuck you. We won't talk about you. Well, that's, that's, that's the great leadership you have in the NHL with Batman. There you go, you know. But, hey, he makes some owners money. And he continues to he continues to to insist on pushing teams into markets that don't give a single fuck. Well, hockey guy, I'll ask you: Do you think that the deal he he turned down was shitty, or do you think that beggars that, that the state that the NHL is in beggars shouldn't have been choosers at his point? I think that he he had. It's not an easy question to answer. I think starting probably in the mid nineties, uh, let's start with the glow puck. That would probably be the the. The, the first thing that, that jumps out at me is, you got to be fucking shitting me. Dude, I'm like the guy that liked the glow puck. I'm like the um, one person who liked, the glow, start, who liked the glow puck. Starting with that and then moving forward into the 96 rule the uh, rule changes. And then, of course, you know you had the lockout in the 90s. You had the lockout in the 2000s. Hockey was declining in viewership. It's had a, it's had a hardcore it's had it had its hardcore fans, but the casual hockey fans were dropping off left and right. And it ain't fun. He didn't give a shit anymore. He didn't give a shit. We talked about this last episode. It's yes. more yes. It's more okay. It used to be fun to watch. I could put on a hockey <sighs> game and be entertained. Now, all right. Hey, look, passing drills, everybody. Woo! When it's more important for the person at the top of the fucking heap to get their way than it is to put a good product out there, that's when you run into what you've run into with hockey. You listening to NFL? Are you listening? Batman insisted on getting what he wanted because a minority of the owners love him, a decent chunk tolerate him, and a small minority despise him, and ultimately he works for the owners. So there's more people who are just either meh or in his corner, then want him out. So he feels that he has a mandate to do whatever the fuck he wants with that sport. And ESPN was like, "You're look, the World Series of Poker is bringing in better fucking numbers. And there was a time for you youngins out there, not that long ago, in the last 20 years, almost every goddamn night of the week you could turn on ESPN or ESPN2 and watch a fucking hockey game. Yep. We call it the and 90s, every, us old guys. In, in in the in early two thousands and oh also there was a nightly show on ESPN two, NHL tonight and they took that Love off that the show. fucking air. All right, I mean they gave him as much fucking rope needed to hang himself, and he did. And so they had no vested interest after that to try to keep the product in the in the eyes of the fucking uh, of sports fans. I mean ESPN started fucking playing the game of. Oh well, you know they should remove fighting from hockey because it's it's a brutal sport. But notice they only did that after they dropped hockey. Because yeah, but to uh, ESPN, when there's say a bench clearing brawl and say I don't know baseball, sure is your fucking lead for the whole goddamn news cycle for that day. Exactly. I mean that's that's 
it's what's so fucked up about the politics behind sports, and one of the reasons that that I guess I, I just I, I try to be a sports fan with with as little ESPN in my life as possible. And it really sucks because it, Fox Sports doesn't really have, to me, the coverage. The local coverage is good for your local teams. If you're a fan of the local teams, the coverage is good. But their national coverage, I'm just eh about. Yeah, and I hear you, Rich, and especially, too, to challenge with doing this podcast because, unfortunately, as much as I don't want to try to use ESPN all the time, they're, like, the number one source for information. Like, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, because Fox Sports does a lot of freaking soccer and everything else. And, too, if you even try to use, like, AP, the sports section of the AP, guess who's feeding them their stories? Exactly. You know, it's tough. Isn't this, this is the problem with having a monopoly in the sports world. And this is why I've made the case that you need to go to, that's how, okay, let's just be honest here. Here in Detroit, they tried ESPN radio and it failed horribly. Farting church. The the reason it failed horribly is because they put Mike and Mike on in the morning and no one here gives a fuck about Mike and Mike. One, because as Chris has already said, it's a shit show. Two, because if it ain't happening on either of the coast, they're hardly talking about it. Well, that's, and, that's a radio programming discussion. You have to be local in the morning, at least in Detroit. Every time anyone, the only person who ever succeeded not local in the morning in Detroit was Howard Stern. That's it. And that was in like the early 2000s. It took like 30 years for that to happen. Detroit, it's local in the morning, but that's another conversation. But I mean, and yeah, but I, know, I listen to Mike it, and Mike in their environment in New York where they were the, the local game in town. Still, eh, not compelling. Well, I remember when ESPN used to have cold pizza on ESPN, or ESPN2 used to have cold pizza on in the morning. All right. And let's be honest. Growing up, I'm pretty sure we all did this at some point. Uh, we'd wake up, we'd put ESPN on. And let Sports Center run in the background on a loop. I mean, yeah. even if you even if you missed something the first hour, you could catch it the second hour. No man, right, when cool. I, and that's standard dude behavior though. When I travel with somebody, like that's pretty much that's just what we watch the entire week. It's ESPN. It's dude common ground. Well, yeah, but cold pizza was like you know they'd mix it up. It was a it was I believe it was a three or four hour morning show. Isn't it a TV show and, now? I'm sorry, what now? Isn't it a TV show now? It's changed so many times. It was cold pizza, and it was something else, and I think now it's morphed into Sports Nation or some shit. I don't fucking know. But, I mean, you could put it on, and there was, you know, different takes on things. You know, they would would have different guests on, and they'd have the usual sports commentators on. And, you know, that was when it was uh, Woody and, uh, and Skip Bayless. You know, they'd go at each other. And you know shit like that, and it was it was entertaining because once you get your once you get your your hour of Sports Center, you really don't need to watch it again. So you could flip over and watch something else and get a different take on the same stories, and get a little bit more in depth than what ESPN, you know, or, excuse me, what Sports Center was going to give you. It seems like this shit is gone, and it, ESPN did, has basically a monopoly on sports. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that if you don't work for ESPN and you don't work for Fox Sports, you can't make a living reporting sports. Yeah. I mean, we do this podcast and we do it once a week and it limits really what we can talk about. We can't be, I mean, you know, Earl's broken a few times, oh, breaking news. But by the time it airs, it's old news because we have short attention spans. It's a 24 hour news cycle, you know, and 
we can't talk with scores every day because we're not on every day. But the problem is you can't make money doing a podcast, a sports podcast every day, unless you're, unless you're being bankrolled by somebody who's got money and is willing to take a chance on you. Four letters in their name. If you look at all the successful sport podcasts, uh, guess who they're associated with? Pretty much. I'll give you, I'll give you four, four guesses. And the first three don't count. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, that's, that's the problem. And, when, you, when I when I look at ESPN now, unless it's a football game, a baseball game, you know, Sunday night baseball, or it's football season and it's Monday night football, I I don't really, I don't watch it. I don't watch it. I don't care. I got the internet. I'll find alternative sources of of my news, and every once in a while, yeah, I'll have to stumble upon it and, and use an ESPN article. Because it's the it's that's the most in depth coverage I'm going to get. But it's it's like it's like MTV was in the mid '90s to music fans. Okay, Sport, ESPN is like MTV was back then, and they're both like really shitty stepped on heroin junkies. It's just enough to where you won't get sick, but you're not going to get really high with it. <laughs> it's just enough to keep you from fucking shitting and pissing. That was yourself. a good analogy. <laughs> but really. You're not like, oh, you're not nodding off in 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 in, in bliss with it. And it, it's it's become lifestyle channel, you know. I mean, it's everything's sponsored. Everything, you know. Yeah, it's, it's know. getting closer and closer to uh, like Maxim, the TV channel. Really is, and it's sad because the what I miss because this is, I guess, the 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 in sports, in in music, in art, in whatever. When you when you when you mix what you're doing with commerce, you're dancing with the devil no matter what. And when ESPN is sponsored, it has so many fucking sponsors. Every little thing has sponsors. Every time they add a new sponsor, that's a new person they have to answer to. That's one less opinion they can have that might be controversial. And I, I mean, I don't need ESPN to get on the air and it be like Artie Lang on Joe Buck. You know, calling Joe Buck a faggot and I, you know, and and all that. I don't need it to be that. I mean, if I want to listen to that, I'll listen to Artie Lang talk about sports. Okay, but what I do want is I want genuine conversation. I want real feelings, and I don't want people worrying about in the back of their mind before they say something. Is this going to cost me my fucking not just my job, but my career? Is this going to end me? I mean, when you yeah, but those days are long gone, though, Rich. You know that. No. Really? We're sitting here and we're doing it because yeah, we're an sponsored podcast that doesn't reach the millions of viewers that these shows do on this network. I understand. But you gotta <laughs> you have to understand that when punk started out, it started out as a big middle finger to the fucking big ass fucking arena bands of back in the day. Like The Who and Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin. And Punk in the in, in the mid seventies when it started was a little blip on the radar. It, it it became fashionable for a while. And then all of a sudden, supposedly it died. Fast forward to the mid nineties, every band out there that was coming up, they were calling themselves pop punk. Punk was all the rage. I mean just just because podcasting is in its infancy doesn't mean in 10, 15 years it's there's not going to be podcast sports podcast shows. Let's, let's be honest, most likely not us. But it doesn't mean there's going to be ones out there who don't have sponsors, who aren't beholden to sponsors, or at least corporate sponsors, 
and they can still say what they want to say. Yeah, too, the, and oh, they're reaching the amounts of people that they reach. And Richard, it's uh-huh. a conversation you and I have had too. Is the thing with podcasts is at least with sponsorships, at least right now, most of them uh, know what they're getting into. You know, it's not like they. It's you know, we could eventually run into some people who like we like what you do, keep doing what you're doing. And here's some money. Uh, I totally agree with you, Rich, because I was talking to a guy at my work. Uh, he's a uh, local radio disc jockey that everybody knows. And we were talking about the death of radio and, you know, how it's being phased out by the new technology today. Everybody gets their music from YouTube and then downloads yeah. the song. When I got out of radio, everybody was worrying about satellite radio. Nobody was fucking... The iPod came out of nowhere. Like that's that's what I think happened with radio. It was uh, George Carlin while you're watching a fucking you know quiet one, a noisy one will fucking kill you. <laughs> it's kind of what happened with the iPod. Yeah, you know, Sirius and XM definitely gave radio a scare. But now you're right. It's iPods and um, uh, what are those damn things called? The little flash drives that you download. Well, you know, but I mean, it was quick. Four thousand songs. I left radio in two thousand three. By two thousand six, I owned an iPod. I mean, it was quick. Well, let me just let me just try to sum this up, that way we can get back to sports here. You got to remember, all right in the in in the in the world of podcasting. Okay, we're not the first through the fucking wall right now, but we're definitely as far as the network that we're on. We're in the head of the second wave through the fucking wall, right? And in any type of, if you look at broadcasting itself as a war, in any type of war, your first, second, third waves going into battle most likely aren't going to be the ones standing at the end of it. But they're going to be the ones that can get you the ground that could fucking win you the war, all right? And that's, we're going to be on the T-shirts of the bands that form in 20 years. I mean, the, the, the best way to put it is, I hope, this is what I hope. We're going to be the descendants, and, the dead Kennedys. This is what I hope. I hope that, that maybe, you know, like Kevin Smith has said, some some kid out there will hear what we're doing and go, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And it'll inspire him to do something. And he'll do something better than we ever fucking could have. All right. Because having more choices and taking more power, taking power away from one group who has an agenda to present to you it's sports ultimately yes it's a business but it's entertainment i want my sports if you're going to give me opinions i want a plethora of opinions from all angles i don't want one opinion driven purely and solely by a single agenda coming down from the head and that's what irks me about fucking espn it's agenda-driven, okay? And yes, I'm more liberal than I am conservative. On a lot of shit, I agree with them on. But it still pisses me off because it's stop pushing your shit down my throat and saying, if you don't accept it, there's something wrong with you. No, because I'm a critical thinker. There's nothing wrong with me. There's something wrong with people who aren't critical thinkers. That's the fucking problem. Yeah, I think that... And ESP- ESPN is the most banal bullshit you can fucking shove down someone's throat. It is the McDonald's, the safe... McSports. The, the safest shit of sports, but it's really the worst for you. Or, excuse me, the easiest way to feed yourself, but it's really the worst for you. That's what ESPN is. I'll tell you, the thing that sent me over the edge with them was, I heard a, uh, within the last week or so, they apparently let go a tennis broadcaster 
because somebody else misquoted him. Somebody else, like he used the word gorilla and he meant it as in, you know, like a fucking freedom fighter, whatever the fuck you want to call it, soldier. As and, in guerrilla warfare tactics. Yeah, guerrilla guerrilla warfare. Yeah, like said, uh, one of the Williams sisters was using guerrilla tactics. A New York Times, a New York Times reporter misquotes him, um, you know, and talks about, I can't believe, you know, gets a, puts on his best pious act, and I can't believe we live in a time, you know, obviously thinks, you know, writes the animal gorilla, and ESPN fires him over this because of a, a reporter misquotes him. Get the fuck and out of here! By the way, like guerrilla war, guerrilla warfare tactics. And the the animal gorilla are spelled two different ways. Yeah, like the, they're clearly two separate words. That kind of shoved me over the edge on ESPN. Like, really? Like, you just don't give a fuck about anything. Like, you any bad press, and that's it. The end. Doesn't even matter Which, that it, someone else fucking grossly misquoted your guy. It's not even bad press. It's the it's the appearance of someone saying something that doesn't toe the party line. Doesn't matter if factually they didn't say that at all. It's the appearance of it. It's how people react to it. We are now, when you talk about ESPN and you talk about sports as a whole, you are dealing with a company who, go, who makes their decisions based on Twitter reactions. And as we've said... Which is stupid. On, as we've said on multiple shows on this network, this is, <laughs> this is very well-covered territory. It's a vocal minority... Most people either understand what he meant, don't give a shit what he meant, or don't even know who the fuck the, 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 the Venus sisters are and don't care. It's the ones Williams who want sisters. to... Excuse me, thank you. It's the ones who um, are pissed off and upset that they listen to and they take their cue from. And that's where the beauty of what we do comes in. You don't like what we say? Fuck you. No one cares. You're offended? Fuck you. Get over it. I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm not going to offend anybody. I just... Back to our first topic, second topic. How the fuck is Magic Johnson still alive? M money. Money. You saw that South Park? We all did. No, but for real. Like, it, tongue out of cheek. Money. For, for real. It's like anything else in this country. You got some loot. Everything's going to be okay. He had AIDS. That's too, but AIDS also. But there's also been advancements in medicine, man. Like AIDS is now like no. He had he had he has HIV. He's never had full blown AIDS. Yeah. I mean, getting HIV or AIDS now is like having diabetes in a sense. It's it's a manageable condition. It's not the death sentence it was twenty five thirty years ago. We couldn't save Easy E, but we could save Magic Johnson. Damn it! Now nah, Easy, I mean, if you look at the timeline, I bet Easy Easy might have known or had it. When they were recording uh, fucking straight out of Compton. Like, because it was, it was what, 94, 95? Well, it's also, if you, if it's True. like anything. Like, it takes like, a minute for HIV to turn into AIDS. If you, if, yeah. And if you don't know you have it and you live a lifestyle that's wild, you're out there drinking and partying, then it's going to wear down your immune system. It's going to bring, a, it's going to bring on full-blown AIDS that much quicker. Magic Johnson got, they caught it. You have HIV. And I guarantee you he's fucking done exactly what his doctors have told him to do. And he's gotten the best medication his money can buy ever since he was diagnosed with that. I guarantee you. Easy E was probably like the rest of us. Let's be honest. He was a musician. He was a partier. 
going to the doctor is only when the, you know, the bone was sticking out for him. Then he finally goes and gets a checkup. And, oh, you know, I, I've had this cough and I don't have any energy and blah, blah, blah. Well, it's because you've got full-blown AIDS. How the fuck do I have full-blown AIDS? Because you probably had HIV and you probably fucking, your immune system has taken a shit on you over the years. And because you never go to a doctor, that's why you're dead. This isn't hard to understand. This isn't something that we need to fucking go into. It's just, it's, it's a fact, man. If you never go to the doctor and you die of fucking stage four cancer all of a sudden, you didn't just get stage four cancer all of a sudden. You've had cancer. You just didn't know it. Damn it. Bottom Thanks, line. Rich. I've been to the doctor in like a decade plus. Now you make me all want to go get a checkup. Well, someone who's had to, someone who's had to go to the doctor a lot in the last nine months. Yeah. Hey, it's as bad as you go. think. Yeah. It's as bad as you think. I'm just going to tell you right now. Every time you go, it's going to be bad news from here on out. You're going to go, I shouldn't have had that much fun in my 20s. <sighs> Damn. All, all three of us. Fucking consequences. Some of us, more, some of us more than others had a whole lot of fun in our 20s. So, yeah, that damage, that's permanent, buddy. Neat. Anyways, back to sports. And speaking of, speaking of damage. Hey, Robert, I, I ran across, back to sports. <laughs> I actually ran across an article I thought was interesting. It's uh, about Sammy Sosa. And apparently... Is he speaking English again? Um, fuck, I don't know. I, I I guess because he's quoted in an article and it's it's it didn't say that it was through an interpreter. Uh, maybe because there were so many former Chicago Cubs when the Cubs won the World Series to you know come out and be like, yeah, you know, you know, you had Billy Williams, Ron Sandberg, Kerry Wood. He really wasn't part of the two thousand. 16 World Series celebration, and apparently he gave a uh, interview to Chuck Was Wasserstorm, and let's see here. Da -da 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 -da. Uh, says he's not going. He said, "I never say no to coming coming back and say, and singing. Take me out to the ball game. I owe something to the people, to the crowd in Chicago." For that, I would come back, but I'm not going to go up there and say, I'm here, please bring me back and give me a chance. No way. I'm not hungry. I have too much pride. They know where they can find me. And it's funny because I didn't. I guess I didn't realize, or time has just erased the memory of how much of a fucking bad taste he left in the Cubs' mouth when he left that organization. I mean, I didn't realize that he left his last game uh, on the last day of the 2004 season early. I mean, he just like left before the game was over with and then lied about it. And then said he had permission permission from from Dusty Baker, who basically said no, he didn't. And then immediately following that was the was the allegations of steroid use, coupled with the fact that he had been busted using a cork bat in two thousand three, and he was traded right after that to the Orioles. So apparently he's coming out in an article saying that he feels uh, persecuted. A lot of to quote him, he says, "A lot of people say so many things, but I'm telling you, they have nothing on me. I'm not going to go out there begging because they have no case. They had the Mitchell report trying to find something, but they had nothing on Mr. Sosa, third person. Uh, he said it's like Jesus Christ when he came to Jerusalem. Everybody thought Jesus was a witch, and he was our savior. So if they talk shit about Jesus Christ, what about me? Whoa. Are you kidding me? Easy, easy there, buddy. Whoa, um, easy." Uh, <laughs> Didn't, he goes, did we learn this lesson with John Lennon like 50 years ago? <laughs> uh, Sosa goes on to say he has business ventures in his home in the, in the Dominican Republic and around the world are doing well. 
He says he has no interest in coaching and would only return to baseball as an owner. He says he's happy to see the Cubs win the World Series. And he's not going back to Wrigley until he gets an invitation saying, hey, if they send me an invitation, I would definitely say yes. This is my house, no matter what happened at the end. My numbers, nobody's going to take them from me. Not even Mr. Cub Ernie Bakes hit that many home runs. And I did it with style. And if they invite me, why not? One day if they invite me, a lot of people will be very happy about it. Okay. Um... All right. Now, forgive me for maybe downplaying his, uh, his greatness. But um, hmm. does, did his, let's what be honest greatness? here, does, does his playing career merit all this fucking cock slinging? I mean, because he's just oh. walking up, acting like he's, you know, King Dingling swinging fucking 20 pounds of meat. And it's like, dude, you hit a bunch of home runs that you could never hit before right. out of nowhere during, this, during the steroid era. Let's be honest, okay? To go back to an old Eddie Griffin joke, uh, you know, or, or excuse me, uh, yeah, it was an Eddie Griffin joke. You know, if someone's been saying something about you for 20 years, most likely it's true. You know, people have been saying Michael Jackson was fucking kids for 20 years. Well, people have been saying Whitney Houston was smoking crack for 20 years. Well, all right, it's been 20 years, and... Pretty much everyone's been saying Sosa's been on some sort of, or was at least at that point, on some sort of PEDs. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, there's been too much guys... smoke for there not to be fire with Sammy Sosa. Exactly. On top of that, I, <laughs> I know it's a it's an asinine question to ask, not because you guys aren't readers, but I'll ask it, but because it's just such a it was such a bullshit book. Did you guys read his quote unquote autobiography ever at any point? No, no. Okay. Well, it was given to me as a Christmas gift and I read it and it was of course like a lot of sports, you know, a lot of former players autobiographies. It was basically dictated to a ghostwriter who wrote, you know, wrote it. First of all, it read like maybe a third grader was talking to this sports writer. Um, you know, it's not like he had any deep thoughts about anything. And I kind of wonder, and this, by the way, I believe it was released still during his playing days. Um, and this is the authorized one. Uh, so, you know, he, of course he was trying to keep as much of a, of a neutral image as possible, but still, I mean, it just, it it read like a fucking children's book. And I mean, there was nothing in it of any substance whatsoever and i just remember reading it and him like basically glossing over the fact that at the beginning of his career he was just kind of a you know eh, on the cusp all-star and then all of a sudden boom he's in chicago and you know he's keeping pace with mark mcguire you know mr tree trunk neck himself yeah out of nowhere you know so <laughs> none other people going huh mark mcguire you still playing? But yeah, I, I just, I, you know, uh, I. Everybody thought Jesus Christ was a witch. So if they talk shit about Jesus Christ, what about me? Not even close, sir. Not even close. Oh, calm down, Sammy. You're not Jesus. I mean, whether you take Jesus as a actual 
historical person who lived or a fictional character or whatever or you know your savior or a prophet however you look at them um even if it's purely a fictional character uh didn't he espouse better morals than sammy sosa ever did i mean what did sammy sosa don't be honest here well, let's be honest here. What did Sammy Sosa do once he got called into Congress to testify? All of a sudden, he couldn't speak English. Yet we have hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of interviews of him speaking English. Him sitting next to sitting next to Mark McGuire, both of them joking in English, by the way, about their home run chase at a press conference. Yet, when both of them got in front of Congress, all of a sudden, Mark McGuire, didn't, he wasn't there to talk about the past, and Sammy Sosa couldn't remember how to speak English. I mean, this is to me, this speaks to just how fucked up the steroids era of baseball has been on the history of baseball. I mean, I, I, I don't see how anyone can argue at this point in the Hall of Fame in the history books of baseball that are going to be written in the future, how this just isn't called the steroid era, and that's the end of it. I mean, because if we do that, it, maybe these guys can start being honest about shit, because this is embarrassing, in my my opinion, now. And if I'm in the front office of MLB, I'd rather them just come out and say, you know what, I did take steroids, X amount of the league was on steroids, Whatever, it happened. It was a period in, in the sport. So fucking be it. We have better testing now. Let's move on. Because, I mean, this is ridiculous. This is this is seriously, it's getting to the point where I'm waiting for a player to come out and say, but Jimmy's mom lets him take steroids, so why couldn't I take steroids? It's like little children. Yeah, no, right. It really is. And, I mean, for him to be so cocky to say that he's got pride, he's not going to beg them to come back. First of all, they didn't ask you to come back. They don't want you back. They won their first World Series in over 100 years, and you weren't invited to the party. Yeah, this isn't a Bill Buckner-type situation. Yeah, but I have pride. Motherfucker, you have pride, all the pride you want, but no one asked you to come back. I mean, you came to Chicago. You didn't help them win shit as far as championships. You left a shitty taste in their mouth, and now your appeal is, I owe the fans something? What were you owing the fans when you walked out of the last game of the 2004 season? What, you know, what, what? I'm sorry. You just left on the last game of the of the season in the middle of the game? And then when, when asked about it, lied your ass off and said that you were told you could go? And the people that you lied and said that did tell you that you could go all came out and said, none of us said that. I mean, his... His fellow teammates were so pissed they took baseball bats to his fucking boombox after they found out he left in the middle of the game. I mean, you're going to tell me that that's a player that's beloved? I, mean, I know, it just... I'm with you, Rich. Seems like, seems like he left Chicago with a real... Or left them with a real bad taste in his mouth. Their mouth about well, him. Well, I mean, it's not just how he left, his, his whole career, you know? Yeah, he was a, a run-of-the-mill all-star, you know? It was one of those guys that, oh, yeah, and they're saying... Is that a thing, a run-of-the-mill all-star? Yes. We can go back to that. <laughs> we will, but yes, it's a thing. 
you know, he, he not only, I mean, so with that, he had maybe two good, like, extraordinary years, and it was his last two years in Chicago that everybody knows is because of PEDs, because he's he got as big as Mark fucking McGuire at the same time. I had a kid when I was in high school. Uh, we wrestled on the high school team. His, I'm not going to name his name, but uh, he was tiny. I mean, itty-bitty. Like, he made Gumby look big. Like, I could wrap my hand around his biceps three times. Tiny man. And he wrestled uh, at, a rate, at, at a weight of 103. A year later, a year, just a school year later, he came back to wrestle at 185 and was built like a brick shit house. Oh, really? So, so he put on almost he put on almost seventy five pounds of muscle in a year. In a year, did his head size go up like four? Oh yeah. Mm. Let, let me get. Let, let me guess. Let me guess. He said he never cycled at all. At all, not even a little bit. I just ate mm. pasta every day, the entire time. Uh, he worked out with my uh, commander in uh, JROTC every day, so I saw those two in a different light after that. <sighs> okay. So, I mean, so to relate that to Sammy, that's when I knew that Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, all of those guys use PED. They don't have to tell me shit. They don't have to come out and say this is the steroid era or whatever. I already know. I already know. They, they don't – admitting it would just – you know, I mean, it's – I don't think admitting it's going to do any good or, or bad at this point because I watched it myself when I was a kid. So I already know what happened. I mean, if they come clean now and tell the truth, I'm going to be like, then why did you lie all these years? And if they don't, I'm going to be like, okay, it's your conscience, not mine. I know the truth. And it's your balls, not mine. And good luck with cancer later on in life, if that hasn't been proven already. Heart, heart attack, big time. Well, it, I'm just amazed, once again, the cockiness of this guy. I, I guess this is what happens. You live in a bubble, and you have, I mean, I'll take him at his word that he's doing as well as he is financially. Um, you know, haven't really heard about him hitting rock bottom financially, so maybe he's one of the, he's one of the, the few people who did have that, you know, period where they made huge money, and, and he, he, he had a good financial advisor. But, Rich, I, I would attribute this also to the PED, the fact that he has... This big, you know, persona that he thinks it, he has, and and all of this respect that he deserves, because that shit goes with using roids. I am the man. You will respect me. Look at me. Look at the size of these arms. Watch how far the ball goes. That's that's their mindset. When it's a good I mean, it, two to three decades of your life, it's hard to not be in the mindset. Not defending him, just saying like. Yeah. It's it's how it's been for a minute. Maybe it's because I look at things from a different point of view than most people. But to me, okay, one, the fact that he came from the Dominican Republic and he was good enough to make the majors without PEDs shouldn't. I mean, to me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't know. Isn't that good enough? I mean, it, when, when is when is good enough okay for athletes? Never, never. Rich. Okay, I understand it, it, you say never, but that's not that's not a hundred percent hard and fast black white rule because there has to be good enough 
for a lot of athletes it, because not every athlete is on something. You're right, but it depends on the person. It doesn't depend on athletes in general. You can't say athletes in general. There's an old saying that says, if you're never going to if you don't feel you're good enough without winning, you're never going to be good enough when you win. Meaning that there, there's no ceiling that you're going to hit and go, that was my goal. That was it. I'm, I'm where I want to be. And with that mentality, there's just, there, there's no good enough for those type of people. And, you know, you, you go and you say, well, you won all these, cha-. like, okay, um, Tom Brady, when, why is he coming back? For what? Because he can no, fuck that. For what? You have every record that you want. You did the first overtime Super Bowl. You, you, you've won five championships. Uh, I mean, I could do this all day about him. We've never talked but about now, Maybe he just enjoys it. He's been playing football probably since he's fucking like... Enjoys it opposed to what? Walking? Years old. Having the it? memories of his children? He's what? in better shape than dudes that are probably at least 10 years it younger takes, than him? No, Chris, stop that. It takes one hit to erase all of that. I'm sure he's aware. I'm saying this first day. Okay, so my point is, when's it good enough for Tom Brady to go, okay, I'm done, and walk away? Probably when he gets hit and it gets hard to get back up. He'll probably go, all right, here we go. I mean, that's uh, that's my guess. I don't talk to the man. I don't have him on speed dial. But, I mean. Well, look, if, we, if we're going to pivot in the conversation over to Tom Brady, it has to be said that I don't care where you stand on the accusations when it comes to deflate gate and the Patriots being a shady organization through the Belichick era. The fact that there is those storm clouds hanging over every championship in his, that he ever has ever won in, in his entire career has to be a motivating factor in continuing to play. Yeah. To prove people wrong. Cheating what? Now I'm the oldest fucking player in the history of the NFL to do this. If he stay, if he does play to forty five as a quarterback, and he does win another championship after he's won this one, then he's won six Super Bowls, and he's the oldest player to ever do it, or excuse me, oldest quarterback to ever do it. I mean, it's it has to be a motivating factor for him. I, I I truly believe if he didn't have the storm clouds of Deflate Gate and Spygate and you know. The whole Belichick constantly flirting with with breaking the rules, you know, or bending them to the point of almost breaking them. That he might look at it differently. He might still be driven to play, but that that chip on his shoulder might not be there. And we've talked about this before, man. For a team that has had as much success as the Patriots, every time the Patriots are in the Super Bowl, when media week, when media day happens, all of sports media goes, okay, what dipshit on the opposite team is going to give them bulletin board material? We're waiting for it. And here's the here's the deal. They don't even need the bulletin board material, but they want to have that chip on their shoulder. They're like the, they're like the guy who is constantly balls deep in dime pieces, born with the silver spoon in his mouth, walking around talking about the whole world's against him. And he... That he's had to fight for everything he's fucking got. Really, dude? Really? Some people just need that as motivation. So, I, I, think about it. Hate has motivated people to do amazing things. Anger has, has motivated people to do amazing things. I think that's why he's still playing. Damn his hell. Damn anything else. His ego won't let him retire with this asterisk possibly being stuck near his name. And, I, and personally, I think... <laughs> Personally, I think the whole Deflategate thing's bullshit. We've covered it before. 
My reasons are there. Go look up the podcast that I've set it in if you want to. I'm not going to go over that again. And the Spygate thing, let's be honest, that's more on the coaches than on the fucking players on the field. The players on the field benefited from it. The coaches were the ones perpetrating it. And they're just the first team who got caught. I think we covered exactly. that, too. Exactly. Exactly. It's like... In this Super Bowl, no one was bringing up Atlanta, getting caught pumping in crowd noise. Everyone is deflategate, deflategate, deflategate. And pumping in crowd noise has been an accusation that's been leveled at teams on and off for better part of a decade now. Okay, Rich. But my point is, is with Brady is that even with all the championships, it's not enough because of the asterisk. I could do this across every pro sport you got. Michael Jordan... With the uh, NBA, when's it enough? You got all these championships, scoring titles, slam dunk, whole thing. The, you're the icon of the NBA. You know, when's it enough? And that whole thing, Gordy Howe with the NHL, um, it spans across every sport. That it's you know, for some people, it's never enough. However, there are some people that it's never going to be enough that aren't talented enough to make it where they want to do. And that's when they use these enhancement drugs, i.e. Mark McGuire, Sosa, Canseco, Bonds, all of them. I mean, you could argue that's part of the, the competitor. I mean, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just, that's, you get guys that are willing apparently to do anything to keep that competitive edge. Right. That that's my whole point. And, and it sucks that they have to cheat to do it, but it's it's to the person himself. It's not to an athlete as a whole. Because as far as I know, Michael Jordan's never cheated. And that's as far as <laughs> I know. He might have. But, you know, it, it people like that that have to win and have to be the best and have to hit the most home runs or whatever, you know, their, their drug of choice is, they're going to be, you know, doing that until the day they can anymore or until the day they're found out. Because it'll never be enough. Well, if I hit this many this year... I can hit more next year if I can train the whole year for it. Okay, but you got the home run record. Why are you going to keep doing it? Well, people like me more. That's because they can. I don't think it's that. I think it's more because they can, because they want to. As long as they can still play at the professional level and keep doing it, they want to. But that's my whole point, Chris, is they can't. They're not at the level that they can play to. They're at the level that these drugs promote them to be. And they'll stay at that level until the drugs don't even work. I think we've seen that with a few people. All right, well, the drugs don't even work anymore, and we're done. I think I think, I think you guys are just I – think, I think you're muddying the waters way too much. I think it's just pure ego. Why does Brady stay in ego? Well, well one hit could end his life, could, could take away his, his quality of life. Yeah, I know. But how many people out there drive without a seatbelt on? How many people out there continue to drink and do drugs after the doctor tells them to stop or else they're going to kill themselves? How many people continue to shovel in food in their face regardless of whatever the diagnosis they've had? It's just it's, it, human nature is not logical, all right? Logic is not something that's innate in us. And when you are completely driven by ego and pride, which a lot of athletes are, especially your top t- your top-tier athletes, that's the driving it's the driving force. The rest of it just happens to be part of that. You know, oh, because I can, because I want to, because people don't like me. That all feeds into their ego. I mean, the ego is what what is the catalyst for all this. I mean, look, I, I you know, if you we're going to talk about athletes that played a long time, 
you know, Gordie Howe, Chris Chelios, Yamir Yager. You know, I mean, we're starting to get into we're starting to get into it with Brady. I mean, you know, you're not the only person, Earl, that's made the case that Brady should have retired after this fucking Super Bowl win. But at the same time, him and Belichick both made it clear before this last season ever started, win or lose the Super Bowl, they're not going anywhere next season. Their minds were already made up. In fact, Belichick has already told the Patriots when he's going to retire unless an act of God happens. So, I mean, you're trying to apply, well, they could, you know, he could get hurt. He could, what, what does he need? What more does he need to prove? It's not logical, dude. You're trying to apply logic to a situation that's not logical. I mean, it's it, it's not logical for Barry Bonds, a Hall of Famer before he ever stuck a needle in his arm, to start taking steroids. Barry Bonds was going to go down as a freak of nature in that sport. He could have entered the Hall of Fame like Ken Griffey did, completely untouched by scandal. He brought all that on himself. Why? His ego. He saw McGuire getting accolades. He saw fucking Sosa getting all the love. And he felt that neither of them deserved it. Not as much as he did. It's pure ego-driven, man. Where's mine? I want mine. And I don't care the damage I'm going to do to either my body, my reputation, my legacy. Doesn't matter. It's to, And I guess it's my fault for saying when is enough enough for these guys. It's, it's not. If you, if, you have that, if you have that big of an ego, nothing's ever enough. I mean, that's part of the problem, you know, and on top of that, these guys, ego's been fed since someone figured out they could throw a ball or hit a, or hit a ball or, you know, outskate somebody. These guys have been fucking, you know, the best in their group, probably until they hit the majors. So, you know, is what it is, man. I, I just, to me, I mean, we went off on a completely different, tangent than what what i think this the sammy sosa story is i think the 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 point of the sammy sosa story is baseball just needs to come out and stop ignoring the problem and go between year x and year x is the steroid era that's all there is to it don't know what else to say so you know it put the asterisk by the fucking by by the stats if you need to but we've moved on from that era and we're ready for the next one to start because it's just that we're going to we're going to continue to have this until these guys die off. Yeah, well, it's going to be a fun 30 years ish, 30, 40 years, 50 tops. You know, these guys are trashing their livers and shit with PEDs. Uh, they may not uh, make an average life expectancy. Well, you know, here's here's something that uh, I don't think the average sports fan really knows. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is common knowledge. But, I mean, there is an acceptable amount of hormone replacement therapy of HGH that you can be prescribed, you know, legit. That's okay to use. I mean, and as athletes continue to be in better shape than they've ever been, play longer and longer in most sports. I mean, I think football, the, 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 the nature of football is going to still dictate your average career. It may go from three to five years to five to six years or something like that. But I don't think you're, it's going to be, we're not going to see Brady-type careers. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is, what, 33, 34, and he's talking about retiring. I mean, there's, there's, that shows you the wear and tear on your average fucking quarterback right there. 
But I mean, you know, we're going to see stuff like that start to be introduced just by players staying in the game longer. I mean, especially in a, in a game like baseball, if you're in excellent shape and you still have excellent hand-eye coordination, or you can still get up there and you have a, 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 a stable of pitches to pull from to where you don't need to be overpowering with like 100 mile per hour heat. You know, you got a 12 to 6 curve, you got a you got a, a slider, you got an awesome changeup, you got a solid fucking fastball. You know, knuckleball pitchers, they tend to pitch late into the, you know, later than be older than most pitchers. We're going to see these things start to creep up again just through guys trying to stay at the top of their keep their body in top shape, tip-top shape. But it's not abuse of it. Do you get what I'm saying? There's a difference between abusing human growth hormone and going on hormone replacement therapy or testosterone replacement therapy because you're reaching the age where your body isn't producing the same amount of testosterone. Yeah, there's a it, yeah, it, there's a difference between trying to become like I don't know, trying to hulk yourself up versus just trying to keep a competitive edge, perhaps maybe giving your body a little little nudge. In the right direction. I get what you're saying. You know, so as uh, who knows, man, in 20, 30 years, as medical science progresses, we might, the stigma of these things might be removed and it might be, it's stupid if we can heal your, if we can heal athletes' bodies faster using some of these techniques, not abusing them, but using them properly under medical supervision, that they might, you know, the bands might be lifted or, you know, it might, it might be shifted. To where, you know, okay, well, you can use it in a rehab assignment, but, you know, you can't go out there and go up three hat sizes and, you know, your neck starts looking like goddamn Barry Bonds thighs. Ooh, robot body parts. We got to get going. Let's go. Come on, science. (laughs) That'll change the game. That that turns into video game. They kind of already have that, though, Chris. It's the end of the Mutant League. One of the biggest controversies in track was a guy who had who was a w, double amputee that runs on those damn oh the uh, blades the blades yeah science and I mean just to th- to throw another fucking wrench in there okay as the transgender fucking movement c- continues to pick up steam how long until we see something along the lines of someone who transitioned from female to male. And wants to go out for fucking a college sport. You're way late on that too, Rich. <laughs> there was already a, uh, a male that's on a female tracks team. I think it's in Oregon. I think, and sense. and the uh, other team was saying that it's not fair and all of this. And I tend to agree with them. I mean, all right, y- your choice of sex is your choice of sex. I ain't gonna debate it. I ain't even gonna think about it. It's none of my business. But when you're in, already physically and hormonally ready as a guy and trying to compete against other women, that shit, that shit just ain't fair. You just win. You, you win all of the medals. You break all of the records. Well, I will put it this way. Um, Joe Rogan had on, on MMA, uh, an MMA fighter on his podcast, and they were talking about uh, transgendered MMA fighters and the subject of if you choose to Google this person, it's that's up to you. What you find, I'm not responsible for. But there's a transgendered, I guess, 
model uh, who transitioned from female to male named Buck Angel. And someone brought up to Joe Rogan, well, what about Buck Angel? You know, if you look, if you look this guy up, he's, you know, he's cut and he's in better shape than, uh, 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 you know, most, you know, uh, men who were born men. And Joe Rogan brought up a good point. He said, I've interviewed Buck Angel. I've sat literally two feet across the table from Buck Angel. He may be a man as far as transitioned, but his frame is still that of a woman. He's not a very big guy. He doesn't have the bone density that men do. And if you put him in a fucking MMA fight with even the most average of MMA fighters, he's going to get wrecked. That's Joe Rogan going, I would whoop Buck Angel's ass. That's just all there is to it. And, you know, I've had this discussion with, with people who say, you know, sports should be open up to all genders. And you know what? For the sake of showing them how asinine that opinion is, I agree with them. Let's do a one-season trial on all professional sports. If you think you can make the cut, you sign a waiver that says if you get permanently injured or you get killed, that no one in your family or your estate can come after anybody involved with you playing that sport. And you go out there and you play, because I guarantee you there's going to be a lot less people screaming that they want to go out there and fucking play after one year of getting their ass kicked. Let's put the women's heavyweight champion against the men's heavyweight champion in MMA. See how that fight goes. Uh, better than that. Better than that. There's a, there's a, there's a, there is a female football league. The Detroit team plays at John Glenn High School down the road from me. Okay? I know one of the players. I know her because I, I, I've known her girlfriend. And that's how I met her. She's a very large woman. She's very much in shape. But I guarantee you put her out there with pro football players, they would clean her fucking clock. And here's the bitch of it. I, I Gun to her head, you ask her if that's the truth, I guarantee you she'd answer, yep. Yeah. She knows it. But you got these people that say, no, we're equal. We're all the same. Okay. Then put all these same people on the field and let's see who's the same. Get hit by Indomitian Sue. Let me know how that goes for you. Because if we're all the same in theory, that means any, any three of us in our, in our best health of our entire lives should have been able to go out there. If we're all exactly the same or all perfectly equal, we should have been able to go out there and hold our own against pro football players. This is one of the first things sports teaches you as a kid. Everyone is not the same. Someone's going to make the team. Someone's going to be keeping the stats. That's how it's going to go. Not anymore, it doesn't. Oh, I know, but... Uh fundamentals where like my my nephew plays on a base at his school it's pay to play you know for some hey cameron's on the baseball team I'm like oh really that's cool awesome and then i find out it's pay to play i'm like well that fucking sucks it's not how it is used to be if if you didn't make the cut then you and you still want to play baseball and your or whatever sport you played in your had or you played your parents had the money then you went then you went to a pay to play league yeah you played the neighborhood rec league or some shit exactly but the, the actual Little League teams, you had to make the team. And if you didn't make the team, too fucking bad. I mean, when, I, when we came up, uh, you had to, if the team at your school, you always had to make it, whether it was in middle school or high school. It, there, there was no, just give us some money and you're on the team. If the team represented the school you went to, you had to make it. You had to try out and make it. I mean, you I, know, hey. I blame the Mighty Ducks movies for all this I mean, It was shit. even private school, too, private and public school. No difference. Hey, it's it's it, it, what, no. Would you no say that again, Earl? I blame the Mighty Ducks movies for this shit. And hey, who made the Mighty Ducks movies? Disney. There we go. No, 
bringing it back around. I mean, I remember watching. I remember watching those movies as a kid, and most most of the people, most of the kids that I would watch them with, didn't know shit about hockey, and they thought that that was like real. And I said, first of all, <laughs> there ain't no such there ain't no such thing as the flying V. Okay, that's a bunch of horse shit. Second of all, uh, maybe who is it? Men in Renault who played for Tampa Bay in a preseason game, the female goalie, she lasted what? One preseason game. All right. Well, if she, if she was, if she was good enough, she did, you know, they'd have kept her in, wouldn't they? Now, what are you going to do when you take someone from the, uh, you know, women's national, you know, Canadian, Russian, U S hockey team, and put them out there with NHL players. What do you think is going to happen? If they're playing the way they play, they're going to get ran the fuck over. Even these days, they're going to get ran the fuck over. You're going to find out real quick that we're all not 100% equal, no matter what the fucking media tells us. Yeah, no matter what you're told, some people are still bigger than other people. Some people are still smaller than other people. There are stronger and weaker people. Which goes back to what we were talking about with, with steroid and PED use. You know, These are people that just can't accept the fact that like Barry Bonds, once again, destined to be a Hall of Fame player. I mean, just boom, before he ever touched a, a steroid. Couldn't handle the fact that he wasn't beloved. Instead of going home, talking to his wife or his family and going, why am I not beloved by, by everybody like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa? And instead of them looking at him and going, because you're a fucking asshole with, with your teammates, with your coaches, with your managers, with general managers, with the fans, with the press. Why don't you try being a, a decent human being with people instead of an entitled asshole? No. <coughs> Excuse me. It's because I, I'm not hitting home runs, so I'm going to take steroids to do it. No, I, I want to go with that, though, Rich. I want Not that point, but the point of ego. But I think they did it because they thought they'd get away with it. Mark McGuire had done it for so long, and nobody suspected him. But then all of a sudden, everybody started doing it, and they were like, well, what the hell happened? Well, it's that whole no one's been telling you no for the last 20 years mentality. Everyone around you's kissing your ass, not telling you anything you're doing is wrong. You can keep, you know, you're you're going to keep pushing the boundaries, and I think that's kind of what this was with a lot of now, these I, guys. I think I, I think they knew it was wrong, but I just don't think it, they thought they would ever get caught. Yeah, ego kicked in. Like, I'm, fucking, I'm Barry Bonds. Who gives a shit? I do what I want. <laughs> it's my body. I do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, who knows what goes on in these fucking guys' heads, man? I mean, honestly, you watch. It's, it's. I, I guess that's one of the reasons I love the thirty for thirty documentaries, and 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 the ones that the athletes who the documentaries are about, and enough time has lapsed, and they've been out of the sports long enough for life to come up, grab them by the back of the head. And start face fucking them until tears are rolling down their fucking cheeks, and then they just drop a big old brick in their throat and say, "Swallow it, you bitch," just like everybody else, because you're no longer on the top of the heap. Because you see, these guys have been humbled by life, and they go, "Jesus, wow, man, yeah, uh, we kind of were a bunch of assholes back then, weren't we?" That's what happens when you never tell people no, you know. And some of these guys never get humbled, and it's funny because they're usually the ones sitting there talking about how many times they filed bankruptcy, you know. It's just thanks, Warren. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing the lessons people don't learn. And 
you know, I you know, I watch I watch I watch these guys and like I said, you know, I'm watching documentaries and the ones that are humbled, I'm like I'm not I'm not like I don't take I don't take like satisfaction in the fact that they've been humbled. It's more of I feel bad for them in a way because their mental development was arrested at a certain age and they never had to grow up, you know, and it's only once their bodies started betraying them and they were no longer valuable to the owners of teams and coaches and their teammates that they started learning that, oh, just because I can run a ball or throw a ball, does that doesn't define me. You know, but that is all that has defined them up to that point in their life. And that's like one of the, the things that no matter what, no matter what we start off with sports these days where we don't keep score or there's no losers, everybody gets a participation trophy. If you rise to the cream of the crop, all that shit falls away. And all that matters at the end is did you fucking win? And if the answer is no, then go sit your ass down and shut up. Because winners, coffees for closers, rings and, and, and trophies are for winners. All right? Go be quiet over there. I mean, we've talked about it before. Guys like Charles Barkley, Dan Marino. would I guarantee you those guys would give up millions of dollars to have one championship ring. But they don't. And that's the way they're always going to be remembered. As, well, you were good, but you didn't get over the hump. In that class with Donovan McNabb, exactly. Andy Reid, if he don't win soon, I, I, Tony Romo, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning with Tony Dungy was the perfect example until they both won. It was the football player who was great but could never win the big game, even in college, and the coach who was great but he could never get the team to win a championship. And I mean, if you're younger and you and, and you really don't remember. Peyton Manning's college career and Tony Dungy with the Bucks in the late nineties. Like you don't remember the stigma that was attached to him and how much that hung over him. And every time they were brought up, I mean, every time they were brought up. So it's just, it, it's, I guess it's, it's one of the reasons I love sports. Cause in the end, when you watch professional sports, it's the great equalizer. It doesn't matter what you've been told. It doesn't matter what you've been to, but how much smoke's been blown up your ass. It's results that matter. Quote, By the way, I, quoting Dwayne Johnson, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Inadvertently. Who has never used a PED ever. Never once. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it this way, okay? If we could take every piss, uh, just one piss sample from every wrestler in the WWE, we would have enough hormones to replace all the hormones in every old person in every old folks home in this entire country. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. I'm surprised when those guys do do get a piss test, a needle doesn't come flying out of their dick. I mean, it yeah. is, <laughs> uh, they're putting it in the drinking water in small African countries to hopefully beef up the citizens. <laughs> Uh, I guess to bring it back around, we, Chris, you brought up something right off the rip that we for, we kind of glossed over because of the fucking trade of the week. That we that we then glossed over to move on to another subject, but bitching about ESPN. Um, but yeah, All Star Weekend. All right, NBA All Star Weekend. What the fuck happened to the slam dunk contest? I don't know. They had one. 
I didn't. No, I know they had one. Did somebody lay fuck? on the floor? Well, no, no. What I'm saying is, what the fuck happened? Why are the stars in the league no longer in the slam dunk contest? Is there like a rule that you have to be? Hey, you have to be in your first like three, four, five seasons to be in it. I don't know. We brought up ego. I'd say the NBA is probably the league with the most ego in it. I, mean, I, know, I was wondering that, too, because I think maybe there's an a- actual a rule that if you're in the all-star game, you can't do the slam dunk. Which is dumb if that's a rule. Why would that be? A, it's like, I mean, let's be honest. All-star games are for kids. That's kind of a realization I had uh, over the last week. And all four sports. The all-star is for, hey, everybody, look, all my baseball cards are together in one game. Like, it's... Why would you make rules that would exclude your your superstars from things like that? I don't understand. Well, I mean, think about the the slam dunk contest we grew up with. You know, Dominique Wilkins, Michael Jordan. You know, guys Spud like, Webb, Spud, Spud, yeah, yeah, Spud Webb's fucking tiny ass out there. Like, like I know everyone was impressed by Jordan, but Spud Webb looked like literally he was like on the moon, defying gravity. Hey, man, but, and, and it. Kobe at the beginning, a young, a young 18, 19 year old Kobe in the slam dunk contest. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, wh- where are the stars? I don't It seems like you would want them out there. I mean, is it a matter of, I mean, I don't know. I, it, <laughs> I, like I said, I, I just don't get it anymore. To me, it's like, why do I want to want to want to want to watch a bunch of guys who I barely give a shit about, you know? Dunking over other players and and all the props and everything. What, what when, when did that sh- What's that about? Yeah, when did that shit start? I, I mean, I saw, I saw an article from Fox Sports dude talking about uh, scenarios and things and situations he was hoping in which uh, uh, Russell Westbrook would duck over dunk over KD. And I'm like, first thing I'm like, uh. They're on the same team, but then still it was like, you know, other scenarios where, where it could happen. And the whole time I'm reading this article, I'm thinking, like, I, I know you're trying to justify your stupid line of thinking, but I don't care if it's an all-star game or not. Is there ever any scenario where getting in the face of a teammate is acceptable? No. What you're writing and proposing is dumb. Yeah, I, I didn't get it. I, I watched it, and I was like, oh, Okay. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Rich. I want Carter. I want Vince Carter doing just silly what-the-fuck dunks. Well, I mean, for all the shit he gets on this show, okay, whatever. Don't but, say I mean, it. Don't say it. Don't. Well, motherfucker, plug your ears, okay? Go play tiddlywinks in your safe space with your coloring books. I don't know what to tell you. You're telling me the fucking the slam dunk contest wouldn't be more watched if LeBron was out there? I know, right? You know, th- th- then if, you know... The star players in the league are out there. I mean, the bona fide star players, you know, the the marquee, the mellows, the LeBrons, those guys weren't out there. I just, I don't buy it. I don't know. And hey, I don't, I, I know that I think there was, wasn't there an unofficial rule if you win it a certain amount of times, then you pretty much, they re, you retire from it. Yeah. I seem to remember something about that. Like if you You're win the contest, you got to be stopped. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, dude, once it started getting like the NBA jams game, but in real life, you know, I was just waiting for some dude to light himself on fire, hit a trampoline <laughs> from half net and do like, you know, a, f- a four fucking forward roll somersault tomahawk chop slam into the fucking net. Start <laughs> seeing shit like on a semi-pro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Jump through a hoop on fire. I'm a wrestle uh, a bear and then dunk over him. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, there's that. <laughs> and then, uh, well, I mean, we're we're at the two hour mark roughly, but uh, I guess we can we can really tell besides the conversation we've had today uh, that we're at the slow point in the year because the uh, swimsuit issue came out mm-hmm. from Sports Illustrated, and uh, just gotta ask, man. When's the last time you guys had picked one up or even leafed through one? Uh, before my voice changed. With the honest answer, hairs were just starting to sprout on the nutsack. Um, okay, there is no rule, just so you know, I looked it up. The New York Times said that the NBA can no longer persuade its big names, quote-unquote, to participate in such a risky novelty event. So it's the player's choice. What are they saying on the internet? GTFO. Tits or GTFO. Yeah. Dunks or GTFO. It's a new rule yeah. for All-Star Weekend. So, beca- okay, read that back to me one more time, Earl. It says the NBA, which uh, can no longer persuade its biggest names to participate in such a risky novelty event, seems to be doing just fine with its B- minus and C-list minus players uh, headlining the dunk contest. See, borderline risky, that to me is interesting. I mean, okay. I, <laughs> if it's if it's borderline risky, why even have it? Yeah, if it's that much of a risk to the play. The the B-minus and C-minus dudes don't seem to have a problem with it. Yeah, can you guys ever remember a guy like wiping out the rest of his season because of a dunk contest injury? I don't even think I've ever heard of someone injuring themselves on a dunk, in a dunk contest. I mean... Just be honest. You could probably, you probably injure yourself worse in practice than you can a dunk contest. Just seems to me. I, I don't. Know. Oh wait. Oh, dude, th- this article is pretty much calling him a bitch. What? The dunk contest among LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Blake Griffin, and John Wall would surely attract a larger audience, but the event requires too much rehearsal and too much hard landings for such a committed a commitment by established superstars. What? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, they call it a bitch. This is a, really, man, we get the safe space in the NBA. All right, so this is what it might land me. on the floor hard. You don't have to. This, you have to do this. This is what this is what I'm being told. We talking about the NBA claims All Star Weekends for the fans, but not really, because if the owners they don't want to risk getting one of their marquee players hurt for the fans' amusement. So it's not really, it's, it's, it's for the fans as long as ellipsis. So in other words, the indifference we all tend to feel towards all-star games, pretty much they just, war- they just told us it's warranted. Well, that goes back to my comment to Chris that there are run-of-the-mill all-stars, i.e. Uh, this Levine kid who's 21, who's the up-and-coming slam dunk, guy now uh you know comes out and he's the man to beat now in a slam dunk right and you guys have no idea who this cat is or who he plays for once again run-of-the-mill all-star well just it's i don't know maybe there's just there's maybe there's just nobody exciting to watch in general anyway maybe the gentleman sitting out and it looks spectacular i don't know Come on, man. I want to see Dwight Howard back in the Superman con- costume at least. So does he. But, but, you know, this isn't 2008. It is 10 years later. No, he's not going to be in the Superman costume. 
You got to be gender inclusive. He's going to be in a Wonder Woman costume. No, okay? the super person, new new superhero, super person. It's just a beige spandex unitard. Super gender fluid, non-binary person. It 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 does make reference that the NBA isn't the only people that does this because uh, Major League Baseball d- did it with uh, the home run derby with uh, celebrities like Todd Frazier and Robinson Cano. You know, and then uh, when uh, Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and them start hitting, everybody's like, who? Now, Anthony Rizzo did win with the Chicago Cubs the, the championship. But before that, people were like, who? Where's Albert Pujols? Where's who this where's, new phone? You know, where's Mickey? Yeah, I mean, I can agree with that because probably around 2007, 2008, is when I really started going, who the fuck are these guys? Like, it was something out of Major League watching the uh, home run contest. <laughs> whereas, he, whereas, whereas two seasons before, you had you had Pudge, you had Bobby Abreu. You know, I mean, you know, they had an epic fucking home run uh, derby contest between those two uh, up till the final round. But, I mean, you know, that, that, that was, like, compelling watching. You had star players up there you know so well maybe maybe it is you know right maybe so mandate uh, seems to be coming down from the top we're not going to risk our fucking high money players in these shits it, so okay well if that's the case then don't blow smoke up our ass and tell us that the all-star games are for the fans it doesn't look like it's from the top though it looks like it's from the players david ortiz quoted as saying the home run derby wears you out and that's when he decided not to participate in the 2016 event. It's good for the younger guys to do it. It puts them on the mat for a minute. It takes everything out of you. You definitely have to be in your 20s to do it. Okay, hold up, though. Let's be fair here. David Ortiz was old as fuck in 2016. Yeah, with his old compared ass. To, yeah, and he was doing it well into his 30s, by the way. I remember that clear as day. I mean, that motherfucker was getting up there and still doing it. So, I mean, his final year to take it off, I understand. I mean, it had been nice because it was his final year, and, you know, that's the type of shit that we like to see. But, I mean, honestly, dude, I can understand him going, ah, that's for you young guys out there. I mean, Jesus Christ, I'm damn near 40. The funniest part about the game, the all-star game of the NBA was the fact that they had Shaq and Charles Barkley in the halftime, and that was just a recipe for disaster because the entire fucking time, Shaq and, and Barkley were calling LeBron James old. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He goes, you know, it, it. he's running and he's dunking. I thought, you know, him being this old, he'd take, you know, take it easy a little bit, but he's doing it. <laughs> I was cracking up, like, oh, if he hears that, you're going to get yelled at. He'll get whined at. Absolutely. There's tweets coming. I know it. Through the press and through social media, I don't give a fuck how cocky LeBron is. He ain't going to step to both of them guys. Please, man. Oh, just one time. Let me see him in a gym like that uh, Space Jam movie with Michael Jordan just sitting there talking to him for a second. (laughs) They'd make his ass into that ball and stuff him in the hoop. (laughs) Well, I do find it. I do find it amusing that yeah. Uh, oh, he's out there, you know, playing hard. Really, it's first of all, 
aren't all-star games most 99% of the time known for the fact that no one plays defense? Yeah, absolutely. And they didn't, but it wasn't the fact that he was running up and down the court. It was the fact that he was running up and down the court, jumping, slamming, blocking shots, you know, playing hard for an all-star game. Well, I once again, all-star games, I uh, don't really give a shit about. I mean, they've now even removed the reason to watch baseball, which is winner gets, you know, winner of of the American or National League gets home field advantage in the World Series. So congratulations. Now they're all absolutely useless. And they can't even bullshit us that they're for the fans. Well, the biggest they- damn story was, uh, uh, what's his name, Durant and Russell, uh, with the Russell with the alley-oop to Durant, and Durant put it home. That was the biggest story of the whole damn game. Because now they're on two different teams and oh shit. And I'm like, you guys are out of your damn mind. Well, can we also be honest here? For the most part, this isn't the 60s, 70s, 80s, even the 90s anymore. A lot of these players, they don't. I'm not saying that this is for sure, you know, all the time. But for most of these players, there's not the pure hatred for the opposite team that there used to be. I mean, it's just, there isn't. I mean, even even Magic and Isaiah back in the day, you know, they'd meet at center court, shake hands, give each other a kiss on the cheek, and then try to kill each other for the next fucking, you know, for the the game. Like, they weren't friends once the whistle, you know, once the whistle blew. It, it was, it was, that was it. It was, it was over with. You know, now you got guys, you know, trading jerseys, taking selfies on the field, you know, with each other and shit. And it's just, it's, for whatever reason, the, I mean, don't get me wrong, you have players like James Harrison. If you're not in the same jersey as James Harrison, he's trying to kill you. <laughs> Stay I mean, your ass in the tunnel. I mean, that's just all there is to it. You do have guys that are like that, and you always will, but it seems like they're going by, the, they're becoming fewer and fewer. I mean, especially in the, the, the less contact sports. I noticed it a lot in baseball, and I noticed it a lot in, uh, in, in basketball, you know, hockey, football. I think the more you get in each other's face, the more likely you are to drop friendships during the game. But, you know, if you're playing baseball, let's be honest, unless, you know, you get drilled by a pitch or a guy slides in the second trying to take you out to break up a double play hard, usually it's just a lot of shit talking. You know what I'm saying? But that's all it is. And, and basketball... I mean, basketball, I don't want it's it's a contact sport, but, I mean, it's not like it was back in the day. We've covered that. It ain't the fucking 80s. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could you can't get away with half of you. Shit. Someone would foul fucking uh, a star player like they used to foul Jordan before the Jordan rules. Shit. <laughs> Shit. That motherfucker, that motherfucker would sit for five games. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. So yeah, the '85 Bears defense with Mike Singles, Terry back there, going, "I'm gonna kill you, motherfucker." <laughs> exactly with that, with them big ass thousand yard, just smoked a fucking twenty rock, fucking looking like Jesus Christ, man. What that what's that motherfucker on? Like seriously, dude. I I, I watch the old fucking highlights, and I'm just like, oh man, I've seen that look in someone's face, and it's usually as if they've just fucking smoked rock, man. <laughs> like that's that's the insane look. Like, dude, his eyes are wide open. It's just you can see white completely around. His eyes are just jacked open, and he's just like shaking 
waiting to get after somebody. And you're just like, oh, boy. Dude, if I was on that field, I'd be like, I just pulled a hamstring. How? We're in the huddle. Shut up. I'm getting off. <laughs> Come on. Someone come in and spell me. This ain't happening. Hey, uh, uh, Whitehead, you're the fullback. Get out there and block Singletary. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> no. No, I, one of his most memorable quotes, Mike Singletary's memorable quotes is, I like this kind of party. We're going to do this all day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I and then you look at him and he just comes unleashed. And it's like, okay, I'm good. Stop it. Oh, shit. But, you know, people forget, though, to get to Singletary, you had to go through people like Richard Dent, The Fridge, William Perry, I mean, Mongo McMichael. You had to go through that before you even got touched by Singletary. (sighs) So if you were a bad enough bitch to get through that line... (laughs) Slide feet first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it ain't going to help you because it's 85 and they didn't have that fucking rule. Here he comes. (laughs) And then Uh, you look at today's NFL and you tell me that they're better and they... And and Brady won five and blah blah. No, motherfucker, you play then, play then, where people were breaking fingers on the bottom of the fucking pile, and then stand up, reset it, and go, "I'm gonna get you, motherfucker." Yeah, well, I mean, dude, in some ways, it's probably a good thing the game still isn't like that, but in other ways, I mean, dude, let's be honest here. You know, take a guy like Deacon Jones back in the day. That motherfucker was, it literally looked like the original version of the longest yard out there. Like, he just running with his arm out, clotheslining motherfuckers. I mean, dude, it, you know, come on. There has to be a, there has to be a, a line, you know. Well, the original PED, Bill Romanowski for San Francisco, that line back in steroid using motherfucker. He'd roid rage out and beat the shit out of his own teammates. <laughs> that's how you know that you've. That's how you know you need to chill out on your steroid use when you're beating the shit out of your own teammates. You know, it's like, wait a minute, dude. We have eleven other guys in opposite uniforms that you could take this out on. You really want to step to me? Really, really? Am I the one you're really mad at? <laughs> oh shit! All right. Well, we've we've officially. Uh, uh, done our best to, to wring as much out of we can out of this week. Should we wrap this up? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just keep your eyes on the NBA because the trade deadline is coming up. That's I think we it's got. Thursday. Well, spring it's like, the first, yeah. Spring training started. We glossed over that, but I mean, we got time to talk about baseball. There's no, a lot minute. of trades coming up, though. Wait a minute. No, it's it's the first. It's next... It's the Wednesday after next. They're pitchers and catchers, man. They're already the there. Depth. Yeah, and unfortunately, most of the talk coming out of spring training is... Injuries. So, how do you think you're going to do compared to last year to, to the pitchers and shit? And it's like, you know, what is there really to talk about at that point? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not a whole lot. This is That's why I brought up the, the, the swimsuit issue. That's the whole, This is the whole reason Sports Illustrated introduced the swimsuit issue at this time of year. Because it was... Their sales dropped through the floor, and they were like, what is something we can do to pump it up? Oh, put half-naked chicks in a fucking in, in swimsuits and call it somehow sports-related. That'll work. And yeah, Chris, I had hair on my nuts, but I think, I think uh, the last time I actually bought a, a swimsuit issue, 
uh, Tyra Banks was on the cover. So how long is that? How long ago does that tell you that was? Ninety something. Before she got her talk show and went insane. I think it was ninety-seven. So I think it was twenty years. Yeah, that's yeah. But I mean, I just think it's funny because Kate Upton is on the cover. You know, besides Alex Avila, Justin Verlander's favorite. You know, catching target, and. Uh, you know, usually it's like, ooh, you know, here's the cover of Sports Illustrated and blah blah blah, swimsuit issue, and I'm just, uh, it's not, it's not even like a blip in the news as far as as I'm seeing. It's not even that big of a deal anymore. Yeah, because nobody cares. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the internet's a thing, right? Right. Why buy it when I can <laughs> yeah, look I mean, at it online? Yeah, I, I could like see like nipple like for free. Like I don't need to like the swimsuit issue was back when there was no internet and you needed some imagination. Like you know, I'm I'm all good in that department now. I will say this, and thanks to the fappening, I mean, you got Kate Upton. Well, you need that anymore. <laughs> I will say this. Um, my dad was not a very big sports fan. Every once in a while, he'd sit down and watch you know some sports with me, and he'd be like. God damn. This is what they do in hockey? I'm like, yeah. He's like, these motherfuckers are crazier. You know, he'd watch football and be like, Jesus Christ, man. That wasn't like that when I played. I'm like, he played for Franklin in high school. Shut up. Of course it wasn't like that. But uh, when my subscription to Sports Illustrated, the only time he was ever interested in picking up one of those was the swimsuit issue. It's amazing because sometimes I'd actually, he would check the mail and he would get his mail and he'd leave my Sports Illustrated in the mailbox. But when the swimsuit issue came, that one was already in the house. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, Dad. You know? Mom know you thumbing through this shit? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no, but there are some huge trades coming down the line. Uh, Derek Rose might be looking to get out of the Knicks already. Um, still talking about uh, if Carmelo's going to stay there. Uh, with this Magic Johnson shit and, and takeover in L.A., they got very little time to make moves. So, I mean, there's a lot, you know, shaking up here in the NBA. We will see. We'll, we'll probably we'll, end, up cover, we'll end up covering that more next week. We'll come back and we will bitch about it next week. Because <clears throat> a lot of time to fill for, to football. Let's just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're filling it for us, too. Is Garoppolo going to get traded or not? I just love that a lot of sports people come out and said the same thing I said a month ago. He ain't worth the first-round draft pick. Is mm-hmm. Tony Romo going to stay in Dallas as the backup? Hey, man, they've been floating out Houston, so we'll see. Throwing out a lot of things. Yeah, but uh, you know, just this is where I want to thank everybody who has been listening, who has been downloading. Uh, another record month for the podcast here. Oh, and we're coming up on a year. Oh, it'll be a year here on, like, I believe, the end of March, beginning of April. Uh yeah, interesting year. It's it's growing. People are listening. Uh, make sure you're visiting ChristopherBD.net. You can like it. You can share it. You gotta tell someone. That's how it goes. Uh, it's at Sporgy Podcast uh, on Twitter. It's Sporgy underscore Podcast on Instagram. Sporgy at ChristopherBD.net. If you want to email the show, thanks for everybody who's been listening, and we will catch you next week. All right, later, guys. Take care, y'all. If you like this show, please tell a friend. 
Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.